0: Hello, and welcome to the Carpetrage Podcast, episode 235. I am Eric Berger, joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Zanitsky. Hello. Hey there. That's me. So anyway, your train of thought.
1: Yeah. I, right, so I had a train of thought. I wanted to click record because everyone could hear it. Like, we were complaining about uh, SAE tool
0: sets because Eric was mentioning. Um, <laughs> trying to figure out what the size up from 5 Ace was. Yeah. And so,
1: like, <laughs> I, I understand, like, simplifying your fractions for, like, any other purpose in the world. Like, it makes sense if you're baking or something. Mm-hmm. But with tools... Have, like, everything be in, like, 64ths. Yeah. That would make sense. Like, that's how you do it. Like
0: or, or metric. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I, to your point, you could directly convert literally every socket that's currently you out would, there. You wouldn't have to change anything. No, you wouldn't just, have to change You them. just
1: change And, you know, like, it's not like you have to have different tooling. Right. Because you have those numbers right there. Like, like I, you I have need to a, slash 64. I need already. a 20
0: 64ths. Oh, that doesn't work. Well, I need a 22 64ths. Okay, there you go. Perfect. That makes more sense. Right.
1: Like, bigger or smaller? One size up or one size down? Uh, exactly. Let's go one size up. So, yeah. Yeah. It, so, that's what we were complaining Even about. 30 seconds would probably work. Mm. It goes up to 64ths. Really? Yeah. Oh. So, that's I said 64ths. All right. got to work so. to the
0: lowest common denominator then.
1: Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, you're dealing with the same problem we have right now, where it's like you have quarters and you have eighths and then you have half and then you have. 30 seconds, 64 oh, let's th- not forget the 1-inch. There's also the 1-inch. Mm,
0: yeah. Don't forget the 1-inch.
1: Anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about Patreon.
0: Sounds good. <laughs> Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Arbitrage. On this customized Patreon page of ours, you will find two open-ended levels of support for content consumers like you to support content producers like us directly. Basically, it just helps us buy a beer here and there and then also pay my hosting fees. So patreon.com forward slash Uh Beer. I've got uh, a hammy. A hams. Yes, I I do, too. That's Mm -hmm. actually what brought
1: all that up, because you were talking about working on Monte Carlo. Yep,
0: that's where this beer came from. This is is the sort of beer
1: you drink when you work on an American car. I I actually bought hams for the garage when I got the Buick, (laughs) so it's in there. And it's like, you want to drink a beer, Mm -hmm. but you don't want to get drunk. True. But you want something that doesn't taste like Budweiser, so you get hams. And this
0: also... Like, I mean, generally, we're working on a car in the winter or whatever, but this still tastes pretty good as it warms to room temperature. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, Hams is actually, like, a legitimately, like, good beer.
0: Um, And we had Fancy Hams last time, so, I mean, we get to compare and contrast.
1: Exactly, and actually, I like this warmer <laughs> than I like Fancy Hams. I'm wondering what kind of beer they actually call it. I think it's actually called American Lager. Yeah, I think it's a lager. Well, I mean, the actual style. I think it's actually oh. called an American Lager, which is a lager made with... Rice as a filler.
0: I can't believe it doesn't have like a five eighths of an ounce.
1: <laughs> and all right, but um, America. Anyway, yeah. So we were drinking hams, um, and that's what we're talking about. Let's move on to your topic. Sounds good because that's a
0: segue. It that definitely a broken, it was a really broken, awful segue. Really good one too. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that's about you. Um, this was actually a topic I yanked from last week. So oh, you to... know
1: what? I, you know, I figured out why why this felt weird. When we record mm-hmm. our odd episodes, so the first episode we record usually I start.
0: I mean, yeah, it's just complete th- happenstance. Th- th- yeah, now we must. That's
1: why I, it's like ingrained in my brain. <laughs>
0: a couple of records ago, I think we only did one episode, and that like flip flopped. Yeah, flip flopped it. Flip-flopped it yeah. so, so, oops. Uh, anyway, uh, Polestar, their original Polestar One was a plug-in hybrid, which was. I don't know, it's kind of showcasing the company's four-cylinder, super-turbo, super-turbo plug-in yeah. powertrain that is now, you know, in everything. Polestar 2 was an actual ground-up, non-Volvo-labeled, but still Volvo EV. Really good car. Yes. Excellent and seeds. also,
1: I want to say, I saw one of those in real life uh, mm-hmm. at the Hot Dazzle yesterday. Oh, nice. And I got to, like, walk past it, and, like, so, like, any car can look good in a beauty photo, like, press release photos make everything look good, like, if you see a... They have to find a way. There has to be, like, a (laughs) a Pontiac Transport looks like a a freaking rock star. First-gen
0: Cayenne, they never made that look good. Really? Yeah. Weird. If you go look at all the posters, it's, it's like,
1: whoa. Oh. But I mean, like, the Pontiac Montana. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they made that, like, cool in the commercials. I've like, never
0: seen a minivan do that before. Yeah, I mean, like... it's not really a minivan.
1: Yeah, like, so... <laughs> and, oh, like, that's, like, the peak minivan. Like, obviously it's a minivan. Like, it's, it's not... It, it I be, still remember those like, commercials. Like, so. It's not like an MPV where it's, like, a gray area. Like, no, it's a straight-up minivan. <laughs> um, but anyway... Uh, So I saw, like, a Polestar in real life. Like, usually, like, seeing a car in real life will change your... Like, my opinion of the Mark V Super changed a lot when I saw it in person. Like, in press release photos, I thought it looked like a blobfish, because there's a weird little proboscis in the front. A proboscis? Yeah. But when I saw the new Polestar, like, that car looks good from every angle. It does. Like, it even, like, pulls off awkwardly tall, like, super well. Like, it just... They nailed it. Like, that's like... That car is what cars in the 60s in Europe looked like, like, th- compared to everything else.
0: Yeah, just very ahead of their time in that sense. It, to your point, it pulls off the, you know, the, the four inches of slab that you always get with yeah. an EV in the floor. For the batteries, it pulls that off so well because they did their XC models for the longest time, and they figured out how to proportion a car around yeah. just making it a little taller. It's like an Outback Legacy. Exactly, yeah. And, I don't know, yeah, the Polestar 2, especially with the performance package with the, you know, the Ohlins and the big Capono brake calipers, Really, really nice car. My only reason I haven't recommended that, like to my mother, for instance, is the current battery pack options and the lack of heat pump don't really give it it quite enough range. I would even forgive the battery if
1: it had a heat pump. Oh, yeah. That would make up for the range issue. It really is like it's the fact that you have to think about what time of year it is. Yeah. And it's like it's a Swedish car. You should absolutely not think about that. On a car. That's the Chinese coming out of it, yeah. That literally borders the Arctic Circle.
0: They have very similar weather there to what we have here, and we need heat pumps here. So yeah, they what, need heat it pumps there, sense. too. doesn't make sense. Trying to just brute force your way through a resistive heater with a larger battery pack no, is not smart. Work. Don't no. do it. That's no. what my car does, and it's just... It's always going to be a compromise. Anyway, um, they're bringing out a Polestar 3. Wow, it's going to be the third it, model does in their it, series. Does
1: it have a heat pump?
0: It... I, it okay, there's... Shockingly little detail on this thing yet, oh, so really? I probably shouldn't have even brought it up yet. But no, like,
1: no, that's okay. I mean, I, I'm I'm here for like. I mean, it looks beautiful now that I actually look at the screen that's to my right. <laughs> I don't know
0: why manufacturers don't let you order a car with like the camo paint wrap or whatever like I know this what looks we, like a I know giant we can get it though well yeah you could wrap it in a yeah code exactly. if you want to but that kind of looks cool i mean it looks very similar to the polestar 2 however this is a real hatchback which is kind of cool it's supposed yeah. to have a 78 kilowatt hour battery it better have a damn heat pump and you know 408 horsepower I'm so
1: very here for most of this the heat pump is the.
0: that's a kicker yeah they're gonna need that i really hope they put it in because uh, why any vehicle sorry electric vehicle sold these days
1: it's literally like so. If you're not like into EVs, like, totally fair. But imagine having a water-cooled engine that uses a exhaust heat heater as opposed to a coolant-based heater. That's yeah. literally the difference that we're talking about here. Like so, a resistive heater uh, uses basically it's like it's, it's like a space heater. It's a space heater. It's just it's a really really fancy space heater. Are very, very nice, and they work great, but they just sap power, and like they will destroy your battery range. It's However, like
0: burning gasoline to yeah, create heat in your car. Exactly, <laughs> it, it, yeah.
1: As opposed to a um, heat pump, basically takes the hot... side. If like, you ever felt like a window air conditioning unit and feel on mm-hmm. the outside, you have that wind blowing at you, and it's just balls hot? It just mm-hmm. takes the balls hot air conditioning wind and <laughs> blows that at you. And since yep. electric motors have... Pretty much unlimited torque compared to a gas engine. Mm-hmm. You don't see a difference between running the air conditioning and not. And actually, the air conditioning, many con- situations will actually extend your range by by changing the temperature for the batteries
0: significantly. Yeah, yeah. No, and refrigerant is able to <laughs> handle about four or five hundred percent as much energy as it consumes.
1: Yeah. So, um, basically, yeah, you're running an air conditioner in reverse as opposed mm-hmm. to using a heat a, 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 like a heater, and that's why. When we say a like, heat pump is like way better, like it, it makes a noticeable difference. It's like thirty like, percent of your battery it, range. It's it's literally an extra trip in your car.
0: Like, easily, f- easily,
1: yeah. Like it's a big deal. So, and if, I mean if that if that doesn't like on a four hundred mile range car, mm-hmm. that's a hundred miles. Like imagine you now have to fill up your car at exactly a quarter tank as opposed to at
0: empty all winter. Yep. And you always need the resistive fallback, but like heat pumps don't really work that well when yeah. it gets below zero degrees Fahrenheit. But days like today, it would work fabulously.
1: Yeah, and it, a heat pump works for like you know ninety eighty five percent of winter, and yeah. really it's you know if you think about that that fifteen percent really isn't that big of a deal. Right. I mean, and even then it still works. It just it doesn't save your range because at right. that point nothing's going to because it's like it's like driving a gas car. Sorry, it's like driving a gas car. In the snow, like nothing is going to give you good fuel economy right. during a snowstorm. That's like just, you're yeah,
0: you're going to lose it either way, yeah. but the, the, it does mitigate some loss. And the fact that you know, <laughs> converting an already present air conditioning system to be yeah. able to run in reverse is just sizing components differently and yeah. adding a pair of valves. That's it. Yeah, it's So why right it doesn't right. exist in most of these EVs is just completely beyond me. Other than the fact that the the heat production is not quite as instantaneous, and some people are really picky about that instantaneous heat.
1: To be fair, with the instantaneous heat, I've actually thought about using resistive heaters in a lot of car projects that I have. So, like, with my Civic and stuff, uh, I don't want to—honestly, it's just going to be really unattractive having coolant pipes run all the way to the the heater. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about putting in a resistive heater. Like, and just as modifying it. it's got it, a big
0: enough alternator, sure.
1: Yeah, it'll work. I mean, they make huge alternators, like, quote unquote huge. But I mean, like, that one like, out of
0: a, a Subwoofer SPL vehicle. No, I mean, like, <laughs> um,
1: I think like TLs or something or like early oh, okay. J Series cars. Sure. Like, and those are alternators made for like trucks and minivans, as opposed to have a 91 Civic. Sure. So I was actually thinking about getting a resistive heater for the Honda. Uh, and honestly, maybe even for Janice's car if I can't find it, if the heater core is unsavable. I mean, it makes sense. That's a pretty
0: good idea. I didn't even think about that. Like, I can't run a heater in Blubsky because no, the uh, you the can't. lines go through right by the valve cover.
1: Exactly. The, actually, resistive heaters out of EVs. Like, yeah, five hundred electrics, so, Like, that's a huge thing. But I don't. I don't understand why like more people haven't thought about that. Well, for it's their a four hundred volt AC heater. Well, I mean. It, out of cars like that. Right. Like you can get stuff. A PTC yeah.
0: heater core. They definitely
1: exist. Yeah. So. So, so something like that. I'm sure you could find something that you know out of a earlier compliance EV that would I'm sure that yeah, IMF probably have I have the RAV four E V things like that probably have a pretty normal resistive heater. So
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: But I'm I'm here for the Volvo. I mean that looks awesome. Hatch, hatchback, as long as they
0: give us a heat pump. If it's anywhere near as good as the current Polestar, I'm here for it. My biggest issue is, you know, the base model is going to be front wheel drive, not rear wheel drive.
1: Which is ridiculous mm-hmm. on many levels, but whatever. They're all what going
0: to be all wheel drive, so whatever.
1: Yeah, there's going to be like two of them. You're going to see two in your entire life that <laughs> And aren't they're going to show up drive. on
0: that base model's Facebook group. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: um, Then they'll have like a manual somehow <laughs> just to make them a little bit worse. I was so, watching
0: a Top Gear episode of the Rory Reed, and he was looking at a company that electrified a three fifty six, and they kept the four speed, and they actually chose a low speed electric motor, and he's like, "This is how all EVs should be." I'm like, "Yeah, you're probably right. Like slightly less efficient, but way more engaging." I
1: saw another one that was about a nine eleven EV, mm-hmm. and they said a very, they said something very similar. I said, "Honestly, oh no, it was a nine twelve actually." Like it's a nine twelve, putting in a gas engine didn't really make sense because it wasn't quite a 911 it's <laughs> right. the same pain in the ass and now you gotta deal with gas and everything and then like the car doesn't get driven all the time so it's like he's like yeah they just put a big electric motor on the back of the on the back of a five-speed it yep. was a five-speed 912 okay, so which is actually very cool a factory a, five-speed yeah, they made factory 5-speed 912s. Yeah.
0: try to try to get as much as they can out of that engine. <laughs> yeah, no, they, I mean it was really
1: cool cuz like <clears throat> it, it felt like an extension of a 356. Mm-hmm. So like, it was actually a 5-speed a 912 was a really cool car. was kind of cool. But um yeah, with the EV they're like yeah, now it's got 911 performance, and, like, sure, it doesn't make an engine noise, but, I mean, like, it was a Volt second bus engine
0: noise. You're not well, missing still makes a lot. Some noise, but, yeah, yeah it's, it's not the same. It's not the same noise. If and they're
1: it's... like, but, like, it's a whole shitload of fun, because I now have got a five speed, and I'm and the all vehicle the works. torque all the time, and, too. Yeah, and they're like, also, the engine's in the back, and kind of, like,. It really accentuates all the 911 ness of this. They're like you can really kill yourself on like big tohanga. I was gonna something. say it. The yeah. beauty <laughs>
0: is when they don't mess with the weight distribution no. with an EV swap. It's like oh yeah, this is still on like bias ply tires and all the weights in the back, so you'll die. They, I
1: think they had modern tires ink into the tires, but like yeah, the 912 is great. Um, so I, I want to move on for a moment Sure. because I want to talk about cars, the cool cars that suck to own. Now what I. I was thinking about doing is like, maybe we could make this into a tier list, but I'm not going into it. I'm going to say, let's do a, like, top five cars that you should, like, watch out for. I was watching this like, Guns channel, and the guys kind of suck, so I'm totally stealing their idea. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> where they did, like, five guns for home defense or whatever. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? We're going to do five cars.
0: And for home defense,
1: yeah, for home defense. No, <laughs> but this is going to be more of like a buyer beware thing. Okay. The first one, it's going to be five cool cars that suck to own. I'm totally sorry about my allergies. I did not take a allergy pill before I woke up or before I left the house this morning. Rip listener. I know, right? <laughs> so yeah, five cool cars that totally suck to own. We'll go back and forth. Um, I'm going to start out. Uh, my number five is going to be my least uh, sucky to own, but still sucky. Um, I'm going to say the Acura Integra of any sort. Okay. Of, of any single, like, it, you just, you literally can't. Uh, it's just, it, you, you, it's a great car. It is so awesome. I and mean, you want a daily driver because it's so reliable. But it will be stolen. It will break your heart. (laughs) It's gonna
0: suck. Like, (laughs) just never ever buy an Integra. Like they're just not worth it at this point. I mean, there's many reasons why I don't own an Integra Type R, and until a couple weeks ago, I didn't even know they made a four door, which makes me want one even more. But that is I wouldn't. Literally number one. Yeah, that's the same reason I don't drive an exotic and park it in a parking ramp. Like I always keep an eye on it. It's like I don't trust people. Even
1: then, like I would feel more comfortable taking your Ferrari and parking Mm -hmm. it top down in like uptown overnight than driving an Integra and, like, going to the supermarket in it. Yeah. Like, I would totally... It, it's that bad. Like, you have...
0: Well, it's so easy to steal an Integra, and, like, 90s Ferraris are notoriously hard to start.
1: Yeah. It, like, and, also, what are they going to do with a 90s Ferrari? They're going to joyride it? Maybe. If they manage to start it.
0: Like <laughs> then yeah. It'll, then it'll be a manual and they won't yeah. know how to drive. it. Yeah, it's not gonna go anywhere. <laughs> they might
1: drive it into the wall directly in front of them, but it's be like two miles an hour. So like worst case scenario, you can get like a new front bumper. Whereas like an integral, like it will be just completely like obliterated. And like best case scenario it's like full of pee. Like, it, oh. that, that's, like, the best Dirty case. Dirty Mike
0: and the boys had a soup kitchen?
1: Yeah, like, that's the best case scenario is, like, it's just full. Like, somebody just uses as a bathroom and, like, oh. went off. Oh, no. But, yeah, so number five for me is the Acura Integra for my leg, my car that, like, is really cool but totally sucks to own. And, like, trust me, if you get the chance to drive one, yeah. do it. Like, it it is is life-changing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When I say that, like, if you've never driven that, and, like, if you think front-wheel drive cars suck, you it just have not driven a good Integro. Like, I always used to say, like, the only reason people don't like Hondas is they've never driven a decent, like, old Honda. And that's just a fact.
0: And yeah, I've driven some, like, pretty meh old Hondas, and they've still been like, this drives really nice. A base
1: model EG Civic is more fun than most cars on the road. Yeah. Oh, yes. Now, of all time. I'm not even going to say today, just ever.
0: Like, it is, like, I would probably put that in the top 100 cars of all time. Even would the be. base D-series is a fabulous engine to Yeah, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, just, like, an EG Civic with, like, a 1 five EV tech, which, like, stops one valve from opening at, like, <laughs> below 1500 RPM. Um, and a 5-speed, but. Yeah, and a 5-speed, but, like, if you get one of, even with the automatic, they still handle so well. I know. Like, it's, like, I would say a automatic, like, base model civ- EG sedan, like, that would still be in the top 100 best driving cars of all time probably like it's that good of a car but and, and, and the Integra is even better than
0: that but other than the fact that it will be stolen yeah but that's the thing
1: as i'm saying like you you should try to like these are cars that you should convince your friend to buy like
0: <laughs> oh god well <laughs> like, that, that completely changed what i was getting at in my headspace when i was answering this question <laughs> yeah, so just like out. cool
1: cool cars are sucked on like they're really cool You want to be in them, you just don't want to own them at all. Yeah. Like, that's, like, exactly where, like, my mindset is.
0: And, dude, there's a lot of them. But my number five, and I don't know if you're doing best to worst or if it even matters. I'm I'm
1: doing doing worst, or, yeah, best car, like, the least shitty to the most shitty.
0: Oh, okay. Sounds good. I might have to re-up my list a little bit here. But the E39, so the, I'm going to specifically say the 99 to 2002 540i Mm -hmm. Sport, and the 99 to 01 740i sport really beautiful excellent driving timeless design car's really great powertrain really excellent transmissions but they shit timing chains out like crazy just like clockwork oh my god yeah you just you <laughs> like don't you don't that's want a, that's one.
1: a catastrophic problem it's a
0: really big problem so what i would recommend is like if you're going to get one of those just get the 6 cylinder version which on the 7 you can't hear but very soon you'll be able to import one legally um, that would yeah.
1: probably be the the, the plug. Well, I mean, the 7, don't you also have like a 12-cylinder or something or a 10? Yep,
0: 750 is also pretty good. The yeah, v, so you V12. get 750, yeah. I mean, but the... if you wait a couple of years, you can get like a 728i with a manual.
1: It'll be way cheaper.
0: Yeah, and it's also going to be a manual 7 Series, so that's really cool. But yeah, that, that M62TUB44 and TUB35 in, in Europe, don't buy a car with one of those. Yeah,
1: that's especially in Europe because European people, I've noticed, are a lot more tolerant of, like, excessive labor costs, and they just replace the one guide that's
0: loose. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. I yeah. hear about
1: that all the time, where it's like, I see this on, like, all these, like, on all these, like, Volkswagen forums and, like, and stuff. Mm-hmm. People are like, yeah, my, like, 1.6, like, uh, FS... Or my one, six TSI, like... Had a timing chain rattle, so I just took to the shop, and they, just, they replaced the one guide, and it was on the road again. I'm doing I mean, fine. It's and I'm probably like, going to uh, be the,
0: the one that comes off of the driver's side cylinder head and curves down under in the timing case and goes back up to the other head. Yeah, but... That one is so poorly lubricated where the chain will just eat through it, and then it'll actually eat into the timing case, and then it'll snag, and God. it'll break your cams. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's awful. <clears throat> it's just... The 19... The, the earlier engine had a ball-bearing idler gear there there were no guides and those never broke and then they updated the design to be shitty with a simplex chain and a big plastic guide Weird. so yeah they slapped pretty hard they, on they cold just, start
1: this made them bad they, just, yep. they, just, that's,
0: they literally ruined them it's when they're adding variable valve timing and that was their solution so anyway
1: so i'm gonna uh my fourth choice my fourth shittiest car to own but okay. like you convince your friend to buy Uh <laughs> um, <laughs> Any flathead Ford.
0: Oh, yes. Yes.
1: I love them. They are so cool. They're amazing. Like, there's so many cool parts in the world from, like, McCall superchargers are oh, so yeah.
0: amazing looking. That They're horizontally mounted centrifugal superchargers. Yeah, like, that's super
1: cool. Like, Driven
0: Mi... with three V belts.
1: Yeah, like, a <laughs> McCall supercharger, and then, you know, like, you, like, run that with, like, I saw a guy who had, like, a McCall supercharger. See, so he had, like, these, like, carburetors, and then supercharger, and then engine. And he had, like, triple single Stromberg carburetors. Oh, yeah. Onto, like, a three-to-one manifold going into a (laughs) McCullough supercharger. (laughs) That makes sense. Onto a flathead (laughs) that had, like, Offenhauser valve covers, or (laughs) cylinder heads. It was just, it was the coolest thing. I'm like, this is awesome. This is, like, the... Like, that is the, the spiciest most,
0: way to make 190 horsepower. Yeah, it was
1: like 175 or something. Like it was no power, but it was so cool, gang! Like it was so rad. Like I love that. Um, and the reason I put the flathead Ford on the suck to own category is like reliability in 1930 when these came out 32. was like yeah, like if you get a 100,000 miles. You're, it's a miracle. If you clear oh. an odometer, that's unbelievable. Like, These
0: things needed rebuilds like pretty often. Every,
1: yeah, like 80s, oil. 80s Subaru, like, unreliable. Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah like, it's about it's the same time yeah. you do head gaskets on Yeah, Yeah, about, about, uh, about forty to 60,000 miles. So like
0: Full overhaul. Yeah. Engine oil was so bad. I mean I, I I do feel like if you just put modern engine oil in one of those things you would probably have no issues. So with, this but... is
1: the thing though.
0: Yeah. Uh they were
1: not designed for that. They were designed around shitty oil. So actually a lot of people put in modern modern oil. Mm-hmm. But I mean if you put in like modern conventional oil, yeah, yeah. you're fine. Yep. But people put in like synthetic and stuff and just destroys them. Because like they were designed to have like like, sludge cake up on gaskets. Yep. And, like, that's how you stop leaks. Light, like, sweet
0: crude, my guy. Yeah, like,
1: it was just <laughs> wild, like, how they did that. Um, but, like, if you get, like, the early flatheads, like, then you have Babbitt bearings, which are, like,
0: basically... Super cool, but really terrible. Yeah,
1: it, imagine instead of just putting a bearing cap onto a crankshaft... mm mm-hmm. You have to, like, solder it on and, like, melt it on, basically. You need to pull and out your entire you to... connecting
0: rod and the cap. You need yeah. to put it into a jig, and you need to create a molten cauldron of Babbitt. You have to, it. Yeah. And then yeah. you have to you pour have to, it into you have a to form. melt the yep. Babbitt
1: on, and yep. then you have to cut it the size. Yep, yeah, and then, then you got to cut a
0: groove in it for oiling, too. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, those were... I don't even remember when they switched to, you know, actual... Uh,
1: they switched to actual... Lead bearings or whatever. ...bearings in the post-war engines.
0: Okay, so, so the ABA pre- and the ABs. Yeah. the
1: pre-war... I know for sure, or Babbitt, and I think they like were switching like, in like, the 40s. However, I'll tell you that 40s American cars are my favorite cars. And Babbitt bearings American are car. not
0: necessarily bad. Like The Type 35 had Babbitt bearings, and that thing is a stout engine.
1: They're not bad. There's a huge pain in the ass when they go wrong. Yep. And on flatheads, they will go wrong. But and luckily, also,
0: there's a huge aftermarket for those, and you can literally just change out the connecting rod and cap on an early car.
1: Yeah, so you, you can you can just switch on them. Um, but then, like, also with flatheads, they had, I think, six different variations with completely different cylinder heads. I believe that. It went mean... from, like, a 17... To a twenty-one uh, stud, to like a twenty-one stud, and they had like a twenty stud, and they actually had an earlier twenty-one that isn't a modern twenty-one.
0: Don't but, forget the Lincoln one, which is a completely different, incompatible engine. That's yes, like the same size they, and sold in the same vehicles.
1: Yes, and then they also had a Lincoln twelve cylinder yep, flathead, which, which is, is super cool. Yes, that's the one you want if you're a gear flathead. Just
0: <laughs> go with the twelve cylinder. But anyway, um, your friend should buy one of these. Yeah, not th- you. <laughs> this is
1: a great car. You convince your friend to buy. Like it's not should not be your problem. Like this sounds like a bad decision. Like this is a car I called Darren about, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, you should buy this."
0: Oof, <laughs> poor Darren, he deserves better. Well, I mean,
1: he, he choose He buys this stuff anyway. So I it's know, fine.
0: I know. Fine, you're just steering him into a decision he's already going to make. Yeah,
1: I just find the things he should buy. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: God. All right, next one on my list is going to be Range Rover, and I'm not even going to specify. Any, yeah, any one. Yeah, doesn't matter. They're all
1: great, and except for the, well, I guess that's a Land Rover Discovery, so that doesn't matter. As I say, those
0: are all bad.
1: But um,
0: all, yeah, every Range Rover that's ever existed is a all cool been, vehicle. They've all been terrible. They're, They're all awful. The 3.5 Carbys were terrible. The 3.9 Injection were terrible. The 4.6 Limiteds were bad. The 3. BMW ones 3. were 5 bad. three a 3.5 Carby
1: I'm going to be inheriting at one point, which is like I rue the day that that's going to happen, mostly because like my fair family brewery will fast away. And also I will now own a 3.5
0: Carby Range Rover. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way to... Make it decent. But yeah, I think ditching those like zenith no, carburetors or whatever. I, uh, yeah,
1: I'd probably ditch the zenith and put on American carb. You can just get
0: be. the three nine injection set up, doesn't it? No, I
1: want the carburetor.
0: Anyway, yeah, the four six ones had like massive flex plate problems. The four four ones were BMW X five engines, which timing chains. Yeah, the ones you were just talking about. Then they about, went yeah. to an awful Ford engine, and like all along the time, they have not figured out how to put anything together. No, so these no, things don't. Just... Don't
1: forget the the pneumatic suspension that's oh, made for off roading, which does not work on road. So why would you ever take that off road?
0: <laughs> I'm going to give you a crisp thumbs up, and yeah, somebody else buy one of those. Yeah, that's
1: a great vehicle to, like, show somebody off. It's a finisher car, because it's a car you're, know, like... <laughs> it's not a big... It's, was yeah, that it's, from Always Sunny? Yeah, it's from, it's from Always Sunny. Well, it's like, it's not a finisher car, because, like... It's a
0: starter car, it's a finisher car. It's, it's
1: not that car that, like, you get, like, you've made it. It's a finisher car, because you kill yourself after you buy it. Like, it's the last car it's you are finishing ever own. yourself. Yeah, it's yes. for finishing yourself.
0: And not in a good way.
1: Uh, so, for my number 3 mm-hmm. Uh, car, I'm actually gonna say the Z32 300 ZX.
0: That's a really, really good one.
1: And I'm putting either turbo or non-turbo. I would.
0: They're both shit to work they're on.
1: They're both terrible. The non turbos the non-turbo are way worse. On. But like the price difference is noticeable enough that you can make a chi- like you could make a claim for a non-turbo. And even a non-turbo is pretty cool because it's like exactly 222 horsepower and exactly 222 pound, 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 pound feet of torque. Uh, Which is kind of cool. It's got square numbers.
0: (laughs) Um, As long as it's not a 2 plus 2. Don't buy one of those.
1: Yeah, the 2 plus 2 doesn't look good on the 300ZX.
0: No, that Z32 didn't stretch properly with that that design.
1: Like, the Z32, or the Z31, like, I grew to like the 2 plus 2. Because it looks really, really good lowered. Oh, okay. It actually looks way better lowered than a normal one.
0: I could see, like, if it was modified in some traditional Japanese style, it could look pretty good. Yeah,
1: like, they actually make, like, really good chocotan style cars. So, sure. like, lower them super low on sell like, 14-inch square wheels. I was going to
0: say, 13-inch like Watanabe's or yeah, something. Yeah, like 14 mm. by
1: 14 wheels. <laughs> and, yeah, you, like, lower it. You got to get the T-tops because the T-tops actually look, like, mega cool with, like, the extended piece of metal behind them. Like, yeah, so, like, a Z31 actually looks cool and it's easier to live with. So, Z z one's like, objectively a good car. Um, but the Z32, you're paying way more money and you're getting the, literally the worst engine bay in the world of all cars.
0: Uh, hardest to work on for sure. Yeah. The VG30 is not actually a bad engine, but they get, yeah, nobody works on them because they're too hard to work on.
1: The VG30E is great because it's single over cam, there's tons of space. There's tons of space, relatively. Mm, No twin cam, no care. The DE is where you run into big problems. Yeah. Um... (laughs) really bad problems <laughs> like you cannot and just look in one I mean, like next time you're in a car show you see one look under the hood it's gonna be awful everything's gonna be crumbed because for some reason they always open up their hoods like they want to show off like like they're a little s&m finish it's
0: weird i've changed the valve cover gaskets on but, this one l- look i'm in the leather
1: like <laughs> oh, it's just God. weird no. like uh, no, z3 please. but i mean they're really cool cars like they're they're pretty quick for what they are and yeah. I mean, they're appreciating a value not nearly enough to justify the labor by any means. Because, like, the labor for this is, like, literally Ferrari bad. Yeah. Like, it's literally that bad, it's, except...
0: It's probably easier to work on a 355 than a twin-turbo the, Z. It,
1: yeah, because at least the Ferrari is designed to have the entire everything removed. Mm-hmm. This yeah. was not. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't They didn't think about that. Oh, just change the turbo.
0: Like, that's an engine out.
1: It, yeah, it's that. quite... <laughs> yeah, like, on Ferrari, they're like, yeah, it's an engine out. Okay, cool. This one's like... No, I can't pull the engine out to remove the turbo. Take the engine out, but to take the engine out to remove well, the then pull turbo, pull
0: all the suspension out of that side of the car. And
1: so what you have to do is you have to like disassemble half of the engine to get to the turbo, mm-hmm. like something like that, or including like,
0: stuff that wasn't yet broken and now will be. Yeah, it will now be broken because we had to remove it and wasn't mm-hmm.
1: designed to be removed. Yeah, so yeah, Z thirty two is horrible. Every single one's horrible, and honestly, the maintenance holds the, the value down on this. like that.
0: Same thing at the three fifty five.
1: Yeah, I, at least I, the thing's like the 355. It's still Ferrari, like. Oh yeah,
0: but, and this is not a Ferrari. Well, twin turbo Z is a you know a world beater from the era. So I mean, it, somebody will pay that additional amount of money just to they'll stomach the pain. Exactly, but yeah. they're going to pay somebody else to do it. All right, uh, next one up for me is Maserati. Anything? Yeah. Yep. Of don't uh, don't do that. Same thing with the Range Rover. Like they just they they've tra- it's it's changed hands. It's changed ownership so many times, but they've maintained the essence that makes Maserati Maserati, they, they really, which is just a very like, poorly manufactured their desi- vehicle. Their
1: design directive was: <laughs> they, you
0: don't <laughs> fix it; you buy another one. Like you just you don't repair it ever. Um, it's a it's a lithium polymer device that has no recharge port.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's oh, just no. it's awful.
0: Is what happened? I think the uh, the stream computer froze. We're still recording. It's not a big deal. But... Oh, okay,
1: cool. Um so my number two is gonna be just ninety. I'm gonna go with another just like any car, mm-hmm. 90s Mercedes. Well,
0: well mm, uh,
1: yeah, I will back the up
0: 1992 in a and newer <laughs> 90s Mercedes.
1: I want to say 90s Mercedes in total because in 90 through 92, you still had the SLs that were having uh, what engine wiring harness issues. Oh yeah, like that was from literally from 1989 all the way told like, today. True. Um, but then on top of that, like, it, throughout I the era... I guess I was
0: thinking about the paint stuff.
1: Like, throughout the era, everything got worse, like, way worse to work on. And it's like, a lot of the cars were carryovers from the 80s. Yeah. So, like, you'd see a W124, you're like, dope. I got this. This would be great. And then you don't notice that there's, like, a, a 20 in the number, and, like, the, the letter comes first, and then you're in a yep. world of pain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that was 1994, and that's also when they switched to water-based paint, and exactly. everything went completely and then, down 94 is, for like,
1: especially bad, yeah. but, like, you still had, like, a growing lack of reliability over that time, like, when you had yep. the dual-virt
0: cam engines, and the... The early that, 2.8s yeah. with the head gasket issues, Yeah, that's and, like, that's the last thing. Of very I un-Mercedes. Yeah,
1: like, when I saw, like, W124, like, that was earlier than 94, I think, when they came out with the... the
0: Yeah. Cam. Yep. Yeah. But... but you had, I will say, the early one was a 3-liter, and like those didn't have issues. Okay, so you get the 3-liter, but still. Like, the 2.8 came o- with the w two. Overall, you,
1: you can just say any 90s Mercedes, and they're all cool as hell. Like, if
0: you have to qualify with, well, not this one, then just blanket yeah, it. Yeah, just all of it. Yep. Just don't. Nope. like
1: This is why I say, yeah, 80s Mercedes, <laughs> fine. Like, it, Mercedes died to me. Like, January 1st, 1990. There's no more Mercedes it's after back that. back when they
0: were using, like, lead-based paint. Yeah, and like, like, they were good. <laughs> All and like this other the, shit. The,
1: the, 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 the trick is, is you get, like, late 80s Mercedes. And this is why like, I like, like, everybody looks at me funny when I say, like, yeah, like, the 560 SL, the 560 SEC. Those are my favorite Mercedes. And I'm like, why? I'm like... Because you had as close as possible to the '90s styling, yeah, yes, though you had as close as possible to the '90s styling, yeah. But you didn't have the catastrophic '90s problems. The issues with the '80s Mercedes come from a lack of maintenance. That's and what you
0: get: poorly designed fuel injection.
1: Yeah, which is fine as long as it's maintained, but lack of maintenance. No. CIS have not... I've seen a lot of, like, Volkswagen... If they're working, great. Yeah, Yeah, like, a a functional it's not
0: from lack of maintenance that kills them. It's from disuse. Well, yeah. Which would be lack lack of maintenance. I don't... No, because you're not
1: doing anything wrong. if If you're not using a car, you can still maintain it. Like, Jay Leno has... More cars than he can feasibly drive. He in a also year. has a
0: professional K slash K E Jetronic mechanic.
1: Exactly, but he also has people maintaining his cars. Yeah, he does. That's what I mean. So there's it's a lack of maintenance. I so hate a lack K of use. Jet. A lack there of you go. a lack of use means a lack of maintenance. That that's it. they atrophy.
0: <laughs> That's a good word. For That's it. actually exactly what they do. <laughs> yeah. You seem to enjoy them. So you get like a
1: if you get like a five sixty SEC with like four hundred ninety billion miles on it. You're Perfect. Like, this is the one you want. It's going to work as like, long
0: as it was driven recently and it is currently running. You are fine.
1: Yeah, like as long as you have like a, like a Carfax that doesn't say like ninety thousand miles 2001, 90,000 miles two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have some problems. Yep. Because, guarantee you, the guy that's owned the car since 2008 has been just consistently dealing with small problems oh, and yeah. ignoring a lot of shit. Um, Especially
0: if they're putting ethanol fuel in it, which they are.
1: Yeah, guaranteed. But, like, the 90s Mercedes, they just they will never get to that point. because it, Some will.
0: But, again, if you have to qualify it... Yeah,
1: you have to qualify It's like, not anything to like, do. It's like, not anything to be excited about. But, like, a
0: 500E. An E55. Like, those cars will always have... Even like the C thirty six and the C forty three, they'll always have some sort of following.
1: There's nothing wrong with the following. I mean, there's a, there's a following for Integras. Doesn't mean there's a f- following for every one of these cars, right? But like a lot of people are just really into leather and S and M stuff. Uh, I mean,
0: that's the second time S and M has come up in this episode. I don't even, understand how we,
1: because that's basically what you're doing by owning a lot of these cars. Like if <laughs> if you're into like nineteen like '90s Mercedes like repairs. You also probably have a sex swing, because you're totally into masochism.
0: Yeah, okay. You like to be dominated by your car.
1: Yeah, just, you, have a, you have this whole like domination fetish, and that's what <laughs> 90s Mercedes is. Um, yeah, so the, just any one of them. They're all great. You Convince your friend to buy them. Darren has one. <laughs> like, you convince your friend to buy
0: them. For like a cheap car challenge and or something. I, like, Darren
1: also, he bought it on his own. I didn't even have to convince him to do it. He just chose to buy his like 300SL 5-speed good i mean
0: yeah yeah that's if good. it's still running at this point somebody's already changed out the engine harness and that's a damn good car yeah. so honestly awesome
1: yeah so that's my number two what's your number two uh
0: my number two is a car i've actually owned oh yeah you know it's never you made this mistake do this again uh, i told you this was a mistake when you made it you... i couldn't figure out why the cars were so cheap and so capable the 986 porsche boxster s <laughs> Not the base. Base is a good car. Well, the 2.5. And the 2.7. They're fine. They don't have any of the, the bearing or rod bolt issues because the uh, the piston mass and the acceleration forces and all that <laughs> shit is just so much lower on those engines. It just doesn't matter. But the 3.2 Boxster S, holy shit, do not buy one of I those. I think
1: he was talking shit about it, and you were like ignoring me. Oh, that sounds and like, like I've been it, doing yeah, that I was since like, the beginning yeah, of time. Yeah, and I was
0: like,
1: I, like everything I was saying, I was like, "This cars suck." Like, why, there's a reason you don't see them. They all well, suck. you were
0: complaining about the how the headlights look. It, and shit it, like
1: also, that. they look disgusting. Like, I, I had I think an electronic think car. Was I think fine. I think the whole car looks like a foot, and then on top of it is like completely unreliable. The only thing that's good about the nine six eight or the sorry the nine eight six, uh, they're
0: super light.
1: Well, no, I was to say actually the instrument cluster. I really like the instrument cluster because they have that little cowl over it. And you can see through the cluster and like see the road on the other side. That's cool.
0: There's some cool parts of it, but again, you have to qualify. <laughs> and you're uh, never
1: going to see it, any of it move because nope. it's awful. Yep. They're awful. awful it's,
0: it's do not buy a boxer S.
1: That's a great car to get your friend to buy. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: like.
1: Oh yeah. I was yeah, going to do that to you because I actually appreciate you being alive. I'm, I'm not going to do it to Darren. I put similarly. an engine in mine. So, however. I would say piss drugs should get one, but he already did, and he had the same experience. <laughs> yes. So they're Weird. awful, like they're just awful pieces of shit.
0: They that three two man. That's what gives the M ninety six a bad name.
1: That's a really, really, really bad engine. It like, is. Yeah, the car isn't good enough to justify it.
0: It almost is too, but yeah, no, it just it isn't. It, it
1: just isn't. You know, like it, it's it's very similar to a Z three two three and a zx Like it's on a different like level because yeah. like the Z thirty two. Actually no, I think they're similar. Like the amount, the difference. Yeah, what mate, like maintenance affecting the value of the vehicle?
0: They're also yeah. really hard to work on.
1: Yeah, as I was say, like I think like maintenance affecting value of the vehicle. Like the Z thirty two and the uh, Boxer S are very similar. Where I honestly think that's something you know, that holds the Boxer back because like a lot of people like when I see like for sale threads for them, a lot of people are like, "These are great cars. These are really cheap." And like a lot of people are, always like, "You know what? I'm just gonna take a nine forty four with maintenance history." I would never
0: take a 944 over a 986.
1: And, uh, the reason being with maintenance history. So, like, you saw at the time, Bell was, like, just done. To <laughs>
0: like... me, everything's in the clutch and the transaxle. Like, everything in between there is just, like, I would not want to deal with that. Same reason I would never buy a C5. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, the... the... So turning an easy job into something that's just, are you kidding me? Yeah.
1: That's kind of... C5 but...
0: should be on my list, too, frankly. C5, um...
1: the uh... Yeah, that's it. I, I, can see, I can see how it could be up there. It, 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 that's the thing, though, is the C5, I think, just barely passes that because there's so many C5s that are in good condition. Yeah. Because they've been meticulously maintained. That didn't happen with box dresses. Box dresses, True. you're on your, your 14th owner, and the guy number seven quit giving a shit. Like
0: <laughs> And me, guy number 13, had to put an engine in. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> like, you're just doing an awful vehicle. Uh, my number one, like, cool. Coolest car in the world that totally sucks to own to a point that's not worth it is a car that I've thought about buying on several...
0: Oh, my several Lord. Several times. I just glanced.
1: And it's the 3000 GT, <laughs> VR4 specifically. Oh, yeah. Never buy the SLs. Oh, God, no. The SL is just a
0: Dodge <laughs> Sebring.
1: Um, but the 3000 GT VR4 is just... It's so cool. It's everything right about Mitsubishi in the yeah. 90s. It all-wheel drive. It was twin turbo. It was a dual rig cam V6. It had a convertible, had four-wheel steering, had active suspension, active exhaust, active, active aero, arrow. Uh, automatic climate control, heated seats. There's an option for heated steering wheel. Like They had all sorts of cool stuff on them. And every one of those things is going to break because it's a Mitsubishi. Yep. Every... Piece of plastic on that car is gonna warp and crack.
0: All the vacuum and, lines. And
1: then don't even get started on the engine. Because once you get over the seat that's like cracked in half, like literally in half, and you're seeing a crevice between the it's two. Oldsmobile sides of your intrigue seats. leather. Yeah. Like it's, it's like SCRX7 level, of terrible, oh. like a, like a cool interior just not age well.
0: Really, really thin leather well, that yeah. cracks apart. Yeah,
1: and then like the everything separates in between it. It's yep. just like you see all the way down to the metal frame. Oh obviously. yeah. And it's sharp on the edges yeah. too. <laughs> it's awful. Um, then you get to the engine bay, which is a literal toss-up with the Z32 for how shit it is to work on. Just
0: take a Z32 twin-turbo twin engine and move it sideways. Yeah,
1: you've now made it worse. So like, if there's
0: an issue on the front side of the engine, great, but all the issues will be on the back side.
1: They'll be all be on the back side. No, they'll be on the front side, and they'll be on the right side of the engine. Mm. Like the side facing the firewall and the side facing <laughs> the front of... The, the frame of the <laughs> chassis. And, like, don't think... Like, this was the era where, like, in the 90s... Like, today, like, when you design a V6, like, they suck to work on. But, like, they give you an extra inch of space when they think about it. Like, because, like, in the 90s, they were literally paying out warranty... Like, payments for their techs, and, like, they were losing their shirts for cars <laughs> like this. Because, like, during warranty, when they break, it's now the manufacturer's problem. It's yeah. that shitty to work on. Like, why did we do this? Did nobody check? Like no, yeah, nobody no, it, it's, like, it's really bad. Like, if you look up, like, look up spark plugs. Like, a spark, like if you have all data at your disposal, and you look up spark plugs on, on this car, it's literally, I think... I think it's like 1.7
0: hours. I mean, you have to pull the. I'm sure intake the, manifold. The first, have to pull the first three are great.
1: But you have to completely remove the intake manifold, the entire air like intake arm from the
0: intercooler, probably the charge pipe from the turbo. From, yeah,
1: off. the charge pipe. It's awful. It's just. It's totally awful. And then you like once you have all that removed, I think you also have to remove the wiper cowl as well. But like once you have all that removed, you still have. Like a spark plug that's like super buried in the dual verd cam cylinder head, and then you have like yep. an ignition coil that's there as well. It's like you have the shit so far torn apart. <laughs> might as well replace the coil. So it's gonna be like one hundred and fifty dollars in coils <laughs> on top of your spark plugs and your one point seven hours of labor that like guaranteed you're paying a shop to do because nobody wants that. Nobody ever. You're gonna want, want a warranty kind of on like even I, a spark plug job. On yeah, one of those I, cars. I hate doing maintenance on my cars. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, relatively easy to maintain cars. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, 3,000 GT, no question. I'd be paying some dickhead to not be me. Like, I'm, I don't want to, like, do that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like changing <sighs> valve cover gaskets on an 850. If that fails again, it will someday. Okay. I'm bringing it to ore, yeah. And I'm going to pay for them to be done. Because yeah, it's, I could it's not so be It's so bad. And, either. like,
1: and you're literally the guy who, like, puts clutches in Ferraris. Oh, yeah. Like, like engine
0: yeah. out in a Ferrari, no big deal. But, like, intake manifold gaskets on an 850?
1: Nope. Yeah, VR4... Anything? No. Done. It's all going to shop. That's why and like these cars are very capable cars. Like people make thousands of horsepower on these engines. Mm-hmm. But nobody it's not a widespread thing because nobody wants to deal with it. Like it's just as capable as LS. But like it's not anywhere near as fun to work with as an LS. Like LS you can just like do. Right?
0: And it was an expensive car when it came out too. So I mean that kinda the aftermarket support wasn't quite as robust as it was for some of yeah. the yeah. Well, and cars. It,
1: honestly, the aftermarket support was hampered mostly by the engine layout because, sure. like every instrumented test, this car destroyed Supras and this car destroyed Supras even modified and it, like destroyed Supras like in every way up until about seven hundred horsepower, and then. That's when the Super just started taking over because, like, they were like, all right, now we can just put big turbos on this and we can, like, work on this and we can, like, trial and error our way to, like, 1,000 horsepower. Yeah. And, yeah, it was about, like, 2002 where people were like, yeah, we're done here. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, not, work, work, work. <laughs> I'm not touching this anymore. <laughs> like, this isn't worth it anymore. We have a new platform. I think um, the world record drag racer 3000 GTVR 40 is, like, nine seconds. And I think it is I actually, mean, that's like, quick, but. And, it's got, like, a 1,000-ish horsepower, 980, I think. But now, also, I'm going to say it was also built in, like, 2005.
0: Also, how many passes can that thing do before it needs significant it's attention? It's been around since, like, 2005,
1: and I'm like, yeah, it's a shop car as well. Okay, so yeah, it only gets so fired like,
0: up to do a quarter-mile pass, and then... And
1: then it, it's <laughs> okay. mothballed for the next, like, 10 years.
0: All right, before we get on to the next topic, my final one is the first-gen Cayenne Turbo. Oh, they're so
1: bad. All the Cayennes are bad of any sort.
0: Yeah, but, that's true. It's it's not even the powertrains. like those are actually pretty good. The same thing with the first gen Touareg, but like everything electrical on those, it's like a so dem- bad. It's, it's like the Mercedes from a, the ninety. It
1: literally is a Touareg. Like it, it's it's not good enough to justify it.
0: No, no, God, no. Like there's a reason why they're cheap.
1: I, I think like if you like Lamborghini Urus performance on that, it makes sense. But well, you yeah. don't have that though.
0: I mean, you can tune up a first-gen Kion Turbo, but yeah, you're not going to get it that fast because you're still working with an ancient automatic transmission that you yeah. really can't Do abuse that more. hard. And,
1: uh, yeah, eh. and then you have the air suspension, and then like the whole Volkswagen. All the, all feels, the
0: wiring and the headlights just fails, and... and the
1: inside fucking feels like a Volkswagen. That that gets me. It's like I, I like, it's got that
0: ugly triangle steering wheel too. I
1: hate it. But, like, really the part that gets me is it feels like a Volkswagen. Like, I hate 90, or I hate 2000s luxury interiors Mm -hmm. so much. Is they feel, um, because that was an era which you could get the luxury interior in a normal shitty car. Yeah. Like, in the 2000s, like, a Porsche Cayenne interior could be had on a base model Touareg. Yep. Like, if you spec it out correctly. You can get... Like a three like a G thirty five interior on like a Ultima, mm-hmm. if you spec it out correctly. And it's like when I think of that, like you get you can literally get a Cadillac interior in a Monte Carlo. If you would tell no difference between a Cadillac and a Monte Carlo interior, like luxury interiors of that era, like they've gotten better since then, but it's the quality of the leather, the feel of the leather, the feel of the touch points. They get like they put on that weird like texture stuff that like gets sticky oh, after a yeah. while like that was on every luxury car. I know.
0: Ugh. Like it's on a lot of I, like, like the, electronics too for that. The thing era, that I'm like noticing.
1: I hate most I think might be like the tabs on the pieces cuz once you remove something once it never goes back correctly. And they
0: were not assembled well. We no, made tremendous like errors and things just just fitting. It was well.
1: across the like across mm-hmm. the board.
0: I think and, a lot of that had to do with uh, like uh, legislation with biodegradable glues and all so, that kind yeah. of stuff too. I think cause, like so. it was just it was so trash back then.
1: Because like, we we've both been into very shitty five sixty SELs mm-hmm. and they hold up. They are great. Like, I will take a five hundred dollar oh, yeah. five hundred SEL over a two thousand dollar Infiniti G thirty
0: five interior. Yeah, yeah. Like, the door panels don't fall off of a W one twenty six. They don't fall
1: off. Like you don't have like the dashboard cracking. You don't have like like every time i get to a luxury car from the, like the 2000s there's like one panel that's like hanging down a little bit and you see like the like white plastic on the back <laughs> it's side it's the e36 glove box and just like <laughs> you just hate it and, like it ruins the whole car cuz you're like it's a luxury car it looks like trash yeah and like you like you trying to heat seats up it smells like the 2000s it smells like the inside <laughs> like if you ever like crack open like a macintosh or like, an apple like, desktop computer before they just had them all in the monitor. Mm-hmm. Like, you just open up and take a whiff of that. That's what it smells like. Like a Performa? Yeah, it smells like the inside of an Apple computer. <clears throat> like, it's just... It's so not appealing to nope. me. No, like... You know what it reminds me of? It, 90... Or 2000's luxury interiors remind me of Micro Center. Like, the... Hmm. Like, without the joy of fun, exciting computer parts. <laughs> like, it re- just the feeling... The, like, everything's kind of cold. Like, rega- everything's either too cold or too hot, and it's never the right temperature. It's always awful. I just ugh, I hate them so much. I hate them more than the maintenance. So, yeah. I, All right. I, I would put the Cayenne uh, <laughs> pretty high on the list. But I just, like, for me, like, it doesn't even qualify as cool to me. Because I just, like, I just, like, ugh.
0: it It's... I mean, it's so ugly. I have a hard time calling it cool too. It's just for the fact that you can spend three thousand five hundred dollars and get a four hundred and fifty horsepower turbo. Yeah, I Porsche.
1: mean, I, I guess I can get that, but it's like it's just the the experience of everything in it. Just I would lets me down never so buy much. one. Yeah, it but, totally lets me down.
0: In fact, I don't even think I would tell a friend to buy one. So, anyway, moving on to something I actually read on Reddit of all places this morning. Yeah, and I had thought about it consciously as a car guy. You know, getting into my car on a day like today where it's twenty degrees out. And you go down the road, like even leaving your driveway. Ooh, I actually know. You kind of like, well, I know, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people don't. They never bother to look it up and all that kind of stuff. So in the cold, you find that your car doesn't feel like your car. There's a lot of stuff going on. Like your suspension gets much harder. Yeah. Your, uh... Your efficiency gets much worse. What else do I have written here? Oh, yeah, your sound system's sounds, much worse. Sound system's worse. Um,
1: the engine sounds worse. Yep. Like it sounds like the engine, every engine a cold start in winter always sounds like it needs a timing chain, regardless. So yep. it doesn't even might not even have a timing chain. Yeah. Like it could be a rotary. <laughs>
0: like it'll sound <laughs> like it needs a rod bearing. Like it sounds like everything
1: chain. everything sounds broken. Like it's so bad.
0: But uh, yeah, it was interesting because, I mean, yeah, people are like, oh, I mean, why is that the case? I'm like, well, A, you're not crazy. That is actually happening. Yeah. Your suspension is considerably harder because... You have
1: all your bushings get stiffer.
0: And the oil in your shocks becomes much As more viscous. Yeah, the,
1: the viscosity of the oil in your shocks, even if you have a gas shock, there's still some oil in it. And, and the it, seals, too. I the mean, seals, the little drag. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, temperature on gas does affect mm-hmm. gas because it'll cause the gas to contract and take up less space, which makes everything stiffer. Um Audio systems. This is actually a really interesting thing because mm-hmm. if you ever notice you, when it's cold outside in winter, like you can talk, have a talking conversation with somebody like down the block from you, mm-hmm. it's because a there's less foliage in the in the air, but also heat creates molecules vibrating, and those molecules vibrating will actually create a kind of a background vibration that absorbs sound waves mm-hmm. like to your ears, so you're not going to actually hear that. So when you Get into a car and your audio system sounds way worse in the mm-hmm. winter it's actually because you have less molecular movement to like actually to like block the other sounds and there's less stuff in the way also, Everything kind of shrinks a little bit. Nothing fits together well, like it should. A lot no, of speaker surrounds really
0: are like butyl rubber, too. Exactly. That stuff hardens and up. And that hardens so up. It's the same thing as your suspension. You're not getting any bass response. You're going to have a really tinny-sounding stereo. But yeah, now to your point, I mean, outside when you're having a conversation in the cold, you notice it's much better. Your your wireless transmission You'll, gets you significantly hear, better. you hear more stuff. Because the, the toposphere being colder, it, it reflects everything back down. It yeah. doesn't just let it bleed off into... You know the uh, the ethos. Yeah.
1: So every little weird noise you hear, then you'll start yeah. your car up and be like looking at your window, like drinking your coffee. Your car warms up, and you'll be hearing the timing chain.
0: Like it's that's yep. what you are normally hearing. But there's you're, a, yep. There's a lot of slapping metal things in there. If
1: you open your hood and you stick your head ne- your head next to your engine, you'll hear all those weird noises. In summer, yeah. it's just now. In winter, you're gonna hear it further away. So yep.
0: It's, yeah, it's more accentuated just because the car is better at getting that information to you. But, yeah, I mean, that was, even when I, like, I leave my driveway in the morning in the winter, I, I hear, the Model S is a really rigid car, but I hear the entire glass sunroof, like, shift on the rubber mm-hmm. as I'm, like, diagonally going out of a curb cut. I'm like, oh, God, that, that just bad. doesn't happen. I mean, there, there's so many things that change on a car just, just from On my
1: weather. Mazda 5, the windshield would rattle, sub-zero. Yikes. Isn't that supposed to be like glued in? It wasn't the windshield; it was a piece of plastic that touched the windshield. Oh, that makes more
0: sense. But even very things annoying. like very annoying,
1: very very annoying.
0: Almost everything has to do with just the material properties yeah. of what cars are made out and of. Then, like
1: well, and then you also mentioned like just literally just a second ago efficiency and yep. then, like moving on to that. So there's a lot of things that will affect your efficiency. But like we said it earlier, mm-hmm. snow. Like we were t- at the top of the yep. program, we were talking about like driving in winter. Snow, like, will destroy your fuel economy because it's yep. you're basically off-roading everywhere you go. Yeah, it's rolling resistance. You have way more rolling resistance. Mud and snow actually will heat up your tire faster than normal dry pavement.
0: Yeah, it's weird, right? There's actually more friction when you uh, – it's yep. so and it's
1: all because of friction. That's Like, like if you ever want to, like, test this theory, take, a, like, an infrared thermometer and check your tire, like, temperature, like, on, in the shadow, like, the one that wasn't facing the sun. hmm in like May, take drive it to work, check it again. You'll see that's gone up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do that same instrumented test in winter, and it will have gone up significantly higher. Not more than like it, it's not just like it'll go up to like you know, maybe like 100 degrees or whatever that would normally heat up to, but it'll probably be like I'd say like 110, 115 ish. Like, we'll it'll, even just from the extra, the the other crap that's been having to move around, yeah.
0: Even on, like, a, a cold day. I mean, uh, yeah. just drive on a dry road for a set amount of time on a set yeah. temperature, take that temperature reading, and then do it on ice or snow, and, yeah, it'll be hotter Yeah, after I mean, driving on, you know, something with a lot more resistance.
1: And then, uh, yeah, winter tires also get more grip, which does cause lower fuel economy in warmer temperatures because and you
0: have more grip. So Viscous gear lube, too. I mean, you're losing a lot more in your powertrain. Yes,
1: that's, that's another big thing to consider is, like, if you ever, like, Like, people say, like, it's, like, churning butter. Like, if you ever, just, like, take, like, go to, like, the gas station. Pick Mm -hmm. up, like, a cheap thing of motor oil and leave that out on your porch all night and then jiggle it. And see how it feels, then, no. then bring it inside. Just and compare, then jiggle it. Like it's compare
0: be... maple syrup to Aunt Jemima syrup. Try to shake that bottle.
1: Try just take your syrup out of your refrigerator, even. Yeah, yeah yep, like that. Yeah. yeah, that's it's a massive change. So yeah, it's, stuff does not ev- like to move. Everything, <laughs> nothing wants to move. It all sucks, and that's also why your shit breaks in winter. <laughs> nothing You're ever correct. breaks in summer. It always breaks in winter because, yep. like, it, it's not just like your dumb luck. It's just shit actually breaks in winter. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's moments of lack of protection. Everything is just working that much harder for you. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It was an interesting topic that I really had never seen brought up before. So, I felt like it was worth bringing up.
1: So, I really wish we had one of those little, like, air horn-like sound effects. Why? Because we're about to get really hyped here. Are you ready? Woo! The new MUTCD is coming out. What is a it is the traffic control Bible for how they make signs.
0: So, oh, okay.
1: They haven't updated it since 2009.
0: Oh, I'm actually surprised it was updated that recently.
1: Yeah, it, well, they updated them fairly recently, but, like, yeah, it was, like, updated uh, early in 2009, and then not since then. It seems to only be Democrats updated. But, um, yeah, so the MUTCD is, like, They are like how big a sign has to be on the highway. Sure. They are like why you will never see a speed limit 12 sign. (laughs) Like it has to be speed limits have to end to like either zero or five. And a lot of what they're doing here is that you're trying to simplify the the signs and they're trying to make them easier to spot from further away and making them more accessible. Super cool. Um, And the reason that they're like uh, simplifying these signs is they're you still occasionally get, like, a weird sign that, like, looks weird. Um There's also... I think they're going to add a highway sign for EV chargers. Hmm. I think that's a, a, one of the things. There's some other things. I, I read this, like, earlier in the week. That's yeah. probably
0: smart. I, the, I know the infrastructure bill and the tax credit thing for EV stuff that we've been talking about for the last few months has stalled currently in legislation, but you know what's going to happen at some point. This
1: is actually... Has nothing to do with legislation. It's entirely the Department of Transportation and Pete Buttigieg being a freaking boss. So, I know,
0: but like they're acknowledging the fact that like nationwide EV charging is a thing.
1: Yes, yeah. So that, that's I'm very excited for that. But yeah, I'm really hyped. Um, it's also the 80th birthday, uh, or the, uh, it's the 86th birthday of the MUTCD. Well, Well,
0: congratulations, (laughs) Mark.
1: It's very exciting. This is, um, I've discovered the wonderful world of urban planning YouTube channels. Oh,
0: no. They're so good. I'm sure they're fascinating, but good lord, man.
1: Dude, it's like, oh, it's like gamers' nexus level. Oh good. yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Like, I love it. Just
0: raw nasty data. <laughs> There's city beautiful is really great.
1: I love city beautiful because the guy just like goes to, like towns and just like talks about stuff. And, like actually Minneapolis like comes up on these YouTube channels because we do a really good job with our city planning. Um, and then I've been watching this other guy named uh, Road Guy Rob. He was the one that mentioned the MUTCD being updated so
0: road guy rob
1: yeah he talks about road stuff and specifically no shit, Ryan. Road, like road planning <laughs> it's really exciting
0: <laughs> i shouldn't even judge like i know there's so many niches for youtube so channels.
1: what's actually really cool about road guy rob is he drives a manual honda fit
0: heck yeah first gen second gen
1: uh, second gen okay. yes a second gen manual honda fit and he like he drives it because he can afford whatever he wants he just wants a fun car it's like reasonable and good on the road.
0: I think we had a discussion recently. Uh, when it was uh, it was the new Integra day, um, yes. And how the the second gen Fit was just as good as the first because they didn't make any of the mistakes yeah. that like Scion did when they went from the first to the second gen yeah. XB.
1: It just it looked a little weird. That was it. I don't oh like no! The looks, but like you know, uh, okay.
0: They, they modernized it. They updated it so they could keep selling in numbers. Like yeah. I understand that you have to do third gen. They ruined everything. Yeah. But I'm
1: just I'm so excited about the new MUTCD. I'm just like, I'm here for it. I'm,
0: I, I just want to call it the Mukt. Yeah, I know, right? The Mukt.
1: But they also, like, the MUTCD also, like, describes, like, why traffic signs have certain poles on them.
0: What do you mean? Like, how they're actually suspended from yeah, the like Earth? Yeah, how they're
1: actually suspended from the Earth. Oh. When they can be suspended from the Earth versus when they can be suspended from a highway overpass. Uh, and another big thing that they're changing, actually, is... You know how they'll say, like, you go to, like, a big, like, five-lane, like, five-lane wide highway, mm-hmm. and there's a intersection, or overpass, rather, and they'll have the arrows that point straight down, yeah. and say, like, these two lanes go exit here, this one goes to, like, 62 east, this goes 62 west, and these two stay on 35W or whatever. Sure. Um, instead of being straight down, they're actually adding a thing where they'll say, now it's actually not been government-mandated. But they'll actually have a curve in the road for when the exit actually turns versus when you're going to be going straight on the exit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, like, you know, when you go on 35W, yeah. the left three lanes go straight, mm-hmm. and then the right three lanes
0: well, nice. like, turn. That's kind of nice. Because if you know you want to head west or something, you're like, well, I have no exactly, idea. Exactly. So for, for somebody like
1: Jana, doesn't know her, her directions at all. It's huge. It's like really huge. So, uh, they're going to have. The left lane, uh, it, so like if you're going to go east on 62, it'll mm-hmm. be like a left turn, like hand, and then the other ones will be going to the right. That's going to be really important because a lot of cities already do that, but that's not actually mandated.
0: Hmm. I, I, I don't know why that wouldn't be the case. I know, but, yeah, but like a, a lot of cities, example, a lot cause... of cities
1: like Atlanta don't do that.
0: And there's a lot of cases where you have bypass lanes that are like, on the left it's, that goes straight and left such, that goes right if, and right you've that goes never left. Have you
1: been to like some of these cities? Dude, like Dallas, oh too. Oh my God, that. That, it's a total clusterfuck. Like, it's awful.
0: Any place that uses overpasses or like interchanges needs yeah. this really badly. So,
1: that's data. one of the things that they're adding. So, I, that's why I'm so excited about the, the MUTCD. It's a, a, a weird little thing that is like, this is your government working for you. Like, this is where your tax dollars are going, to this amazing technology of, like, standards, <laughs> some standardization. Some of them, anyway. like, It's just amazing. I love it.
0: Some of so. it is still being wasted, but it's good to know that at least a couple agencies are actually having uh, some productive talks. Yes. And, uh, I'm here for oh it. Oh, my God. It's so cool. All right. All right. All right. Next up, another EV. This one does have a heat pump. Cool. And is rear-wheel drive.
1: Wait. the the I, This is a very rare thing, that a car went from front-wheel drive to rear-wheel drive.
0: Mm-hmm. So the Hyundai Ioniq 5 is now, it's starting production. Like, this is an actual thing. And you can have rear-wheel drive, and you can have a heat pump, but you can't have them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, the rear-wheel drive car that gets the good range and is fun, you can't have a heat pump in it. You need to get the garbage all-wheel drive system to get a heat pump. So, like, props for putting a heat pump in, but, like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? That's Hyundai. Just let me have... This, this is, is P Hyundai. Is it going to have a motor issue like Scott's uh, Kona? Gu- guaranteed. Guaranteed. But, but look how happy it is. I mean, I love the angular headlights. No,
1: it's got a great exterior, which is wonderful, because you spend a lot of time looking at it. And like, I'm really happy that angular stuff is coming back, because I hate round shapes. I hate organic shapes and on this cars.
0: this is the concept car. Like, it's not ruined like the Honda E. I'm I'm
1: really excited that this look is coming back because yeah I've been ready for it. Well, it, I know
0: you've been posting the uh, what are the, um, the the Hyundai yeah exactly those older yeah the, 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 the Hyundai, pony yeah the, yeah the pony
1: the uh, executive or whatever yes. it is yeah. But uh, I mean, I was more like the Peugeot 505 concept from a couple years ago. There you go. Uh, and I'm just like really happy that like angular looks are coming back because you know how I am.
0: I am well aware that you really love rulers.
1: I love rulers, yeah. Like, it's great. <laughs> like, I love being able to draw cars. But seriously,
0: like, if they, I don't know right now, and I did try to look a little bit, but this information is almost impossible to find is what sort of material composition this thing is. So, like, if it's got largely aluminum panels or if it uses composites and things like that, I might buy one of these. Because, yeah, like, a rear wheel drive, if I had specular heat fun. pump, hatchback, be like, perfect. Especially if literate... I could turn off the traction control. It sounds perfect. Yeah. So I'm, like, just, I'm
1: shocked that, way. Like, I'm really happy that Fiat, like, I'm mine, I can't technically delete the traction control. However, if you just go on some snow, I found this out uh, when we got, like, the huge snowstorm last week. Mm-hmm. If you go on snow with all-season tires and your traction control light stays on flashing for more than 10 seconds, you no, know, more, than, it, more than 20 seconds, <laughs> it'll think that there's a problem. It'll turn off your traction control, your ABS, <laughs> and, like, your hill start. Assist. I remember that, yep. All of that. <clears throat> And then you have to restart the car three times to turn it back on. so yeah. Or just
0: wait a while and then turn it back nope. on once. Mine overnight would come back.
1: Yeah, well, like, overnight, but yeah. not like while you're like driving. Right, yeah. Because like in like, this neighborhood, like, I'd, I'd drive through like a foot of snow on all season tires. Um, I know. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> do, 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 do. I know, it was really bad. And then I was driving the rest of the way, but as soon as I got to my first stoplight, I turned the car on and off three times and... Got traction control, control right back and it yeah, well it's a lot better than like being upside down in <laughs> the ditch or something. Fine. But uh oh my god, also I texted you about this, but mm-hmm. all seasons I get it now. Cause I, I since I was in high school, mm-hmm. my, like literally every car I've ever owned, my standard go to tire has been a Sumitomo. And yep. they're so great in snow. I'm like, I got that like snow tires were better. But I'm I'm like this is totally fine. Like, this is plausible. Like, this is... This, whatever. Like, you, you can plausibly drive on this I safely. Can get by. You, yeah. I'm now my first set of Continental
0: Nazi tires. mm mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I get... How do people live like this? Oh, I know. I drove through a couple storms in those OE Continentals. I'm like... How? Uh,
1: They're so bad. This is so sketchy. Uh, like...
0: I don't know. Like, but, like...
1: This isn't... Like, what you have right now, this, like, little... Like, petering of snow? Is,
0: like, two inches, maybe.
1: Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Like, I guarantee you my traction control light will turn on w- at least once. I
0: drove here like, 90.
1: Yeah, like, my traction control light will turn on at least once getting out of the driveway. Like, it's bad. Like, Continental sucks. Why do people like them? All-season
0: they... tires suck.
1: But, I mean, Continental is a brand. Like, what the hell? I know.
0: And I why do people have like good them? luck. Well, I have excellent luck with Continental. I buy them regularly. I
1: just don't get the hype.
0: I mean, all-seasons are all terrible, so I don't use those. I don't know. Well, their summer tires are excellent.
1: I guess I'll have to try their summer tires.
0: I've got them but on the Lamborghini, the Rolls Royce. I have them on Mr. Wags. I have them on Dr. Wags. You know,
1: also, you have larger tires that Sumitomo does not make a tire for. So that's I wouldn't buy Sumitomo. for anyway. I would not anyway. Sumitomo yeah. on your cars because they're very rarely in the round. <laughs> <laughs> they're usually not.
0: Do you have a 335-20R19? Like, <laughs> no. no. all. Oh, uh, oh. oh. All right, uh, well.
1: But, I, you know, for like the Fiat, I'm like, ah, shit. I kind of wish I had super doubles right now, like you, because like some. No, tires. I need to. Like, absolutely, like right now, I'm a single-income household, having to pay all of the bills and everything, so
0: it's a little tight. It's pronounced a sink. Yeah, and anyway, <laughs> single-income, so, no kids.
1: <laughs> things are things are tight right now, so I can't really afford tires. <sighs> Come
0: on, Jan, I get a job.
1: That's <laughs> it. Is what it is. It's. I would rather have her get a job that she likes. That's good. That's probably imperative. Then just get another job working at a daycare that she complains about and isn't happy with. Like I don't want her to be unhappy. As
0: long as a job exists where she's happy, yeah, hundred like, percent.
1: I'm like able to like make things work. I just can't afford luxuries like snow tires. So I, I, I will be okay like this for a little while yet. Um, but you want to talk about luxuries that are actually very cool to have? <laughs> good segue. Um, <laughs> the pink Power Ranger. Okay. You know how the Power Rangers were half filmed in Japan they just had like American actors?
0: I did watch a little bit of the Power Rangers, but I did not get into that show. So, so.
1: like, but you're aware that they had like the fighting scenes?
0: Yeah, kind of like IRL Pokemon or some shit. Yeah, so
1: all the fighting scenes are actually filmed in Japan from a completely different show. Okay. Uh, And then they come here as the Power Ranger. They're imported here and then they re-record the not fighting scenes. Ah, with a completely different storyline. Completely entirely different. Like you more or less like similar, but like it's not really the uh like it's kinda like Sailor Moon dubbed versus subbed, where it's like you can't like watch Sailor Moon dubbed and then like have a conversation with somebody that's only watched it subbed and have like the same exact plot points. Like there's like weird things that like happened in the plot point. Like you still have bad guy is bad guy, but why bad guy
0: is bad guy is different. I hope people understand your reference, because that was all gibberish to me. Well, you're
1: aware of Sailor Moon? No. The anime?
0: All the girls are... I thought it was a restaurant or something. No.
1: No. Um, What? It's a restaurant?
0: Yeah, Sailor Moon? Sounds like a... a... But we
1: were talking about shows. I don't know. Of sorts. You're talking
0: about Power Rangers. I don't know where you go on tangents. But anyway... It glaze over. My (laughs) attention span is poor.
1: (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's... um, She was... It's she, she, called Jukin Sentai is what Power Rangers are in Japan. I had to look up what oh. Japanese. I assume that's not Power a direct translation
0: for Power Ranger.
1: No, it's not something ah, completely different. Okay. Um like I can't remember at all what it is. But anyway, Pink Power Ranger, Japanese actress. She drives a Nissan SEMA that she bought like in the nineties. Hmm. Like in the bubble economy, and she still has it and Nissan just completely restored it to factory spec. That's kinda cool. It's super rad. Um but, yeah, so she's, like, she bought it new, like, when she first started doing, like, acting. And has just always owned it. Like, kind of, like, Ludacris with his uh, legacy. Or, not legacy, um, Legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, Ludacris with his so legend. Weird. That is so weird. Yeah. that thing. But it's got uh, 165,000 miles on it. It's quite good for a car in Japan. Mainland. And when I say, like, the whole car is, like, restored, like, Nissan, like, it took them, like, longer than they expected. Because they had to, like... Make parts to make the thing
0: work. <laughs> Strange how this car doesn't have a cult following.
1: But well, I mean, like when I say like that, like they didn't just like buy like an off the shelf like or similar of a part. Like if they found a part and like the replacement wasn't exactly that, they would make the part. Because when they do that, that's how they get a lot of these cars. That's how they do a lot of these, like, restoration programs for mm-hmm. the classics, like for Skylands and stuff. Well, that's probably how they bring parts catalogs back, too. That's exactly how. Is they look at, like, what's actually broken in a real-life car, and they'll take, like, a famous person's real-life version yeah. and have that be, like, the poster boy car. But, um, yeah, so it's a 1990 Nissan SEMA that the Pink Power Ranger drives. Um, and it's got, like, chroma window visors and, like, pillarless windows and, like, cornering lights The cornering lights really stand out to me. Yeah, they're really cool, (laughs) because it's the only thing that's round in the whole car. (laughs) Um, But the car, like, like, new in, like, 1990 is, like, $44,000. Holy cow. Yeah. It was one of the cars that, like, we didn't get. Actually, we did get it, it because the original Q45 would be. be, Okay, same platform. Yeah, same platform. But, um, yeah, so she's, the reveal took place at Nissan Crossing Showroom, which is, like, Nissan's, like, Nissan Crossing is their, like, They're, like, Saks Fifth Avenue-style showroom. It's in Ginza in Japan, or in Tokyo, which is, like, kind of like Rodeo Drive for Japan. Mm -hmm. Like, that's where all the celebrities go. That's, like, the best... So fun. If you put, like, Fifth Avenue and Rodeo Drive and you smash them together, you get get Ginza. Um, And, yeah, so... She was at the reveal and she's like, I haven't seen my car for so, for such a long time. She's like, I dreamed about it every day. <laughs> like, thinking about Almost her car, every almost day. Almost every day, I should say. Yeah, is what she said. And she opened up the door. She's like, it smells like a new car. It's just it absolutely adorable. Uh, <laughs> it's apparently the biggest gift she's ever received. <laughs> um, she's not driving it immediately. It's on display uh, at Nissan Crossing until December. 22nd so if you're in japan right now listening you still have like four days as of the time <laughs> of recording to so probably uh, three days yeah, so like three days uh but it's still pretty cool that it's going to be on this way up until the 22nd and then yeah i'm sure she'll just continue to like roll that odometer
0: over heck yeah and now they'll have parts on the shelf to do it again in yeah 20, 30 years wow 30 years
1: it's just it's a super cool story I, i'm a big fan of that um so endearing thank you nissan yeah. Also, if you're like a particular anime nerd that follows us, she was also uh, one of the actors for the anime Marooni Um Marooni Kinshin? Rurouni. It's R-U-R-U, and I know it's horrible to say, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So she's actually got a lot of um, a lot of really cool acting uh, credits here, and she's also on the Power Rangers fandom Wikipedia page.
0: And now she's got a brand new old
1: Nissan. A, a new old Nissan, yes. There you go. <laughs> all right.
0: All right, before we <laughs> wrap up this episode, one more EV yes. topic. And I'm cramming all the EV stuff into this one because that's just the way I do it. Uh, the Taycan... Okay, the Marisk. Yeah. They're now offering a version for sale that has more built-in cargo containers on the back portion of the ship. Okay. Also known as a wagon. And they're calling it the Cross Turismo. It looks really good. I gotta say. Okay. There's a couple problems. How much is this way? A lot. The, to the point where I'm sure they need special tires just for the manufacturer. But there are issues beyond the weight being mainly the standard MMRS you can get in a rear-wheel drive. Guys, this you can't. Still has an automatic transmission. One,
1: se- one second. Does it weigh more than 4,100 pounds? Oh, Yes. This is heavier than a 1970 she, a 73 Chevy Caprice Wagon where they had the tailgate that folded under everything, <laughs> which is like the heaviest American car.
0: And <laughs> also, you can't fit a sheet of plywood in this thing.
1: <laughs> it's a, but a, a Caprice Wagon is literally a two-ton vehicle. It is
0: an EV wagon with a rear-biased powertrain. The main issues, though, like, they took all the good portions of a base model Tycon and they got rid of them for this. Like... The base Tycon is in the 70s. It's like, still a really expensive car, but an attainable stretch these days where the average transaction price is like 40, dollars I just added 50 only to a
1: very similar vehicle that is much more attainable and just better in every way.
0: I'll look at that shortly.
1: Yes, but that's for you. That way you don't have to look on Google and
0: find. Does it also have an automatic transmission? Uh, Yes. Gross. But it's better than this. Why? Because it'll hold a piece of plywood. And it weighs less. I'm talking, like, I'm trying to give Porsche props for this thing, but, I'm like, it's, it's tough. It's, what, 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 the base price what's... is $134,000. No options. They're all all-wheel drive. They still all have that two-speed transmission in the back, which is a genuine automatic transmission. Yeah.
1: Why do you have an automatic on either? It's
0: because they couldn't engineer around their motor design to beat Tesla. That's why. And they lost now again with the Plaid. So, like, just get rid of the transmission. Just give me a regular motor. Give me a rear-wheel drive one. It give me sucks. the tiny it wheels. Sucks. That totally sucks. But it's a good-looking aluminum, non-rusty wagon with the EV that doesn't... It's aluminum? Oh, well, yeah, largely, yeah. Aluminum and composite. I thought they were mostly steel. Uh, no, uh, that not that anymore. Mean... Huh. I mean, the, the actual, like, the, the front pillars are high-strength steel. And a little bit of the safety cage and floor is still, but like the rockers are aluminum. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. So panels This is, are this
1: is steel bonded to aluminum. How did they bond this?
0: I don't know, but apparently it might because car you know what steel. steel too.
1: Do you know what steel and aluminum do? They when do they're... like to corrode
0: dissimilar yes. metals. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. guessing they're bonded with epoxy. I don't have any faith in this working. I don't know. Model S is the same way. Apparently, like, uh, model...
1: Okay. That you, car's right, been around
0: for 10 years. They don't rust.
1: Listen, Tesla
0: is not somebody you want to say, like, hey, my <laughs> Tesla works.
1: Around. Like, Mr. My MCU or whatever. My new screen's
0: working fine, yeah. kind of. It's yeah, only it gone black screen, twice. Screen number three. Yeah, and now it's okay. the new Intel in one. In 10
1: years? 10 whole years?
0: No, 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 since I bought my car. Oh! So three years. In three years? Yeah. Only one a year? One screen a year. Wow, and how mm-hmm. much do you pay them off? Uh, a lot. I don't know. About a hell of a lot thousand. less than my option. thousand bucks? All right, what what did you put in here? Is it a Caprice? Better not be a Caprice. What the hell is that? That's a 1973.
1: Is that a Ford Country that, Squire? No, that's a 1973 Chevrolet Caprice. Really? Yes. That's an interesting front
0: end. I don't like that. That's
1: the original, like Caprice before when it like wasn't just an Impala. I guess they had an Impala Caprice, but um, yeah, that that's cheaper and lighter and holds more stuff than a taken.
0: Also known as the Mamarisk, the M-M-A-R-S-C. But this, I'm I'm sure, has a three-speed automatic. Well, actually, it has one more speed in it. Yeah, it has a three-speed, so it's got more gears. Wow. And how much did Porsche. you say these cost? Uh,
1: new, they were four thousand dollars in oh, 1973. Oh, nice. However, today you can still probably get them for about twenty. Mm, okay. In like perfect condition. All
0: right. And uh, how many miles per kilowatt hour?
1: Well, since it was 1973, it was ripe, specifically the 1973 mile years before they ruined them. Uh, in late 73, so if you get an hmm. early production vehicle, you can get a big, huge VA that makes, like, 250 horsepower and gets you,
0: like... Where do I charge this thing? Miles per gallon. Oh, okay. Mile per gallon. Ah. <laughs> At least it's not GPM. So it's a, it's a Anytime one. you get to a vehicle where that however, equation flips. However... What?
1: I will say... It, you can fix it with a hammer... And there's no MCU that will break. Well,
0: you also need a specific type of toolkit, which I do not own, because yeah, nobody's converted these all to 60 fourths yet. No. Um I just I wish they would
1: say it's reli I cannot say that it is efficient by any means.
0: I just want the taken Cross Turismo to have a base option.
1: Did you know that the Caprice was also rear-wheel drive only?
0: Yeah, I did know that. That's better. Well, it's also nasty Wait a live minute, axle and a turbo. Wait a minute.
1: What? That weighs less than a Taken, mm-hmm. and it has more gears than the transmission, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about those EV kits that they put in Porsches. Mm-hmm. Just EV swap a 73 Caprice, and then you basically have a Taken.
0: It's not a And it looks bit of, better. It's going to rust.
1: Well, the Taken's going to rust?
0: No, Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not.
1: I don't have any faith in them. This is the same company I couldn't Volkswagen? figure... Volkswagen? Yeah. It's the same company <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to keep like the electricals in a Tourette working. So you think they may have their electricals in an electrical car? Not like not break. That's it a, would no. be
0: fabulous if they got their orange high voltage wiring. If they somehow found a biodegradable <laughs> jacketing for
1: the Just lights, a whole car in fire. Why did the guy die?
0: Uh, there was 800 volt DC current <laughs> in in the door handle. Why did the guy die? What well, was 800 volts? And
1: the driver was te- was using a self driving hit a bicyclist, hard <laughs> across the bicycle, and instantly cooked the bicyclist. <laughs>
0: Okay, yeah, maybe maybe don't buy a Volkswagen EV. No,
1: go buy yourself a 73 Caprice and put an EV in it, like an EV powertrain in it and call it a day. You're done. That's a way better car. Alu- and it looks cooler. Aluminum body panels, It too. looks much
0: cooler than... I disagree.
1: You know, also the 73 had so much steel in it, like every body panel is like as thick as this weather type. I know, but
0: they still rust like crazy.
1: Uh, not as bad as you'd think.
0: You, there's a reason why you don't see 70s cars at all up here anymore. Yeah,
1: because they get like two miles per gallon.
0: Well, that too. Also, but it's because they're all rusty.
1: It's been 50 years of sitting in salt. Yeah. Well, yeah. 50 years. Well, yeah, I'm not going to have a it,
0: car that long. Like for me, it doesn't even make sense to look for a car that's by aluminum. The, by
1: the by, the time that car hits 50 years old, or 50 years of your ownership, it'll be a 100 year old car.
0: And think of how many screens it'll have gone through.
1: None. It's <laughs> <laughs> not any.
0: It's great. Oh, I was talking about the token. Oh, uh, it would be thousands. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We will catch you next week.